Hello, world, and welcome to another episode of Expect to Win podcast. I'm your host, Lamar Thomas. I have with me another one of my uh, special guests. He is the Assistant Superintendent of Schools for Tiff County Schools. Uh, great man. The second vice president of the fraternity that I'm in. Um, I've only known him for a few years, but I can tell you that this, this man has a pure heart, heart of gold. He goes over and beyond, does a lot of things for a lot of people, um, and he's very shy. So it's going, it's going to be uh, a lot for me to try to get all the great things out of him, but I promise you he has a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge. Um, he does a lot of things that he's going to be able to bless somebody today. But I have nobody other than Mr. Kevin Dobard. Hey, how's it going, my brother? Hey, man, it's going great. It's going great. You know, I didn't give everything in the introduction, so kind of go ahead and give the people a little information about yourself, who you are, where you're from. Okay, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, and I came to South Georgia by way of Hurricane Katrina back in 2005. Uh, my wife is originally from Valdosta, Georgia, so we were displaced by Hurricane Katrina, and here I am in Valdosta, Georgia. Um, I am an educator uh, by profession. Uh, I was a teacher, a school administrator back in New Orleans, and when I transitioned to South Georgia, I was able to get on with our Tiff County school system, uh, first as a school administrator, and then worked my way up to the central office as a, a director of human resources to executive director, and currently now as assistant superintendent. Um, basically, I handle uh, human resources, nutrition, and other departments as well. Um, and I've been with Tiff County now for about, this is my 13th year. And they've been very good to me. I've been able to uh, get involved in a lot of activities with the school system, and um, I'm really glad to, uh, I made that decision to come to South Georgia. Well, you had some help making that decision, though, uh, with the, that hurricane. Um, right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of one of the questions that I will ask, just, you know, mm -hmm. this, this podcast is, is expected to win, so we do talk about overcoming obstacles mm -hmm. and breaking down barriers, um, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's something that, that I wish, I don't know how detailed you want to get with it, but mm -hmm. um, it may be somebody struggling with a storm. It may not be Hurricane Katrina, but it's right. something similar to that, and, and you know how sometimes things make you change, you know, right. so you're right. kind of forced to change. So uh, <clears throat> maybe you can kind of give me some details as some of the things that you had to overcome and get through in that transition, um, especially right. being forced right. to change like that. Right. Well, you know, one of, one of the most important things I like to emphasize is that even though Katrina, you know, flooded my home, uh, took away my job because down there the school system immediately released everybody from their contracts um, because there was uncertainty about the, the immediate future of the city, obviously being inundated with flood wells and so forth. But one thing Katrina could not take away was my education. You know, my, my degrees were still there. I was I was still able to rely on my experience um, and my profession to recover and to regroup. So I like to emphasize to a lot of the young people out there, you know, how once again how important education truly is, and whether you're getting college degrees or whether you're getting a specialization in a trade, um, those things cannot be taken away from you once you receive them. Um, now, obviously, my situation was was very unique. Um, not every day you find a major U.S. city um, shut down um, because of, of a major catastrophe. Uh, 
the biggest catastrophe in U.S. history, natural catastrophe. Um, but people are resilient. Um, probably say that a lot of New Orleanians, including myself, found ways to get through it and, and to move forward. But, you know, once again, obstacles will always be there in life. It's just a matter of um, planning, looking at what it is, make a proper plan, um, move forward, and good things will come your way. So, you know, planning and education is extremely important. And also a little luck. Um, it was, I was very fortunate to uh, meet some really great people with Tiff County at a, a job fair at Bell State University, and that um, was very interested in me. And and I guess it's called serendipity, but once again, my credentials spoke for itself, and uh, I was able to get on. And things have been great ever since then. Man, and it's probably um, and and I want to say your character is probably one of the things that shine more than 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 sympathy. You know, I'm I'm sure I've met you. When I first met you, you never even mentioned the whole Katrina part. You know, your mm-hmm. character just spoke. You was a just a good guy, and uh, mm-hmm. and now I would say I'm in education. That character is something that is going the other way. Um, right. You know, I'm not really sure the reason, other than probably the social media and the cell phones and technology. But right. you know, character is something that I believe is lacking uh, right. from, from people now. And, and it's a blessing mm-hmm. that you've just been able to go through that storm and let your right. character still shine because, you know, I right. guess not to go to church, but they say you, you don't look like what you've been through. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, you know, yeah, character is extremely important. Um, being a professional at all times, I tell our employees all the time that, you know, you are a professional educator, um, 365, 24-7, you know, throughout the year. I mean, there's no downtime where where you're not supposed to honor uh, the profession. Okay, we are held on a, on a different level. Uh, we are looked up upon, and you hear stories about people saying that, oh, educators don't make enough money, and this profession here is not respected by other professions, but as we all know, all other professions are wrought out of uh, educators. So once again, we play a very important part in the educational food chain, so to speak, and meeting the needs of all students as they come through our educational systems. But yes, character plays a big part of it. Um, I think today with the advent of social media, we're kind of losing um, our moral compass at times. I mean, social media can be a great tool when used appropriately, but when it's used inappropriately, um, it can definitely create some problems as far as um, making rational decisions, and also uh, maintaining the character because a lot of people like to hide behind these these social media tools and not realizing that they're doing more damage to themselves um, as opposed to helping themselves when they put other individuals down and use it for all the wrong reasons. So, yes, uh, character is extremely important. And it's like I said, you know, you are judged every day, daily, and um, it's extremely important that you carry yourself because the question is, what do you want your legacy to be? Okay, everybody needs to sit down and write down, who am I? What do I want my legacy to be? And I'm willing to bet if a lot of people took time out to do that, to really reevaluate themselves, a lot of good things will come out of that. Right. Okay. Well, before we get deep into that, and, and I don't have many questions, but you know, I want to go back to the Katrina because it's this question that I've had. Um, okay. You know, when when you got the news and you was about to leave, did you have an opportunity to get the things that you wanted, or was it one of those 
I, we just got to hurry up and go, and you had to leave a lot of things behind. Well, living, being born and raised, living all my life in New Orleans, everybody has an evacuation plan. Everybody knows in advance what they need to take with them. For example, important papers, uh, school records for your children, and so forth. So everybody, in a sense, well, I'll, just put, I'll put it this way. The majority of people know what to take with them when they evacuate because we've had so many near misses with hurricanes down there over the decades that it became routine as to, you know, you know what you need to bring with you um, to ensure that you can be able to move forward and recover with, with um, available evidence um, through the form of documentation to help you. But, um, yes, basically, you know, the storm was on its way, and we left about three days in advance. Uh, we evacuated to my sister in, in Houston, Texas, and while we were there, uh, we was watching uh, CNN when the storm hit, and we saw different areas of being flawed, flooded. But I knew then that uh, my house had, had taken on some water. So then we had to sort of plan as to, okay, the city's underwater. What do we do now? Okay, initially I thought about staying in Houston by my sister, but then we decided to go to our second home um, in South Georgia and then make a decision from there. Uh, but, yes, you know, once again, we're always told that if a major storm comes up the mouth of the Mississippi River to leave town because those levees um, may not hold up, um, and sure enough, it, they did not hold up. So it's something that you, you plan for, you plan, you plan evacuations, or at least you, you plan as a family as what you're going to do in the event of a, a major catastrophe coming our way. So we were very fortunate that we knew what to take with us, and it helped us. Uh, tremendously, um, and it's, it's just something that you hope never happens, but when it does happen, I mean, you have to do that. Um, now, one, one, one thing that was, um, I guess you say, uh, eye-opening was when I went back. I had about four feet of water in my house and trying to go back and recover items, and going back to the city, they had what's called look and leave. You arrive at dawn, but have to leave at dusk. And what that was like was I'm going to my home trying to um, recover as much property as I possibly can. And during those times I was there, there were at times I wouldn't see a, a person all day long, not a, a cat, a bird, dog, nothing. It was just an eerie silence in the air. And at times I would have to pinch myself and say, is this really happening? Is this the twilight zone? A major U.S. city evacuated with nobody around practically. Yes, you may hear a car rumbling off in the distance, but basically you were isolated, which in turn could have been a problem because one time I went to my house, um, some uh, military personnel pulled up to me, um, had a guy, two guys sitting in the front of the Jeep, one guy in the back with a big gun turret, um, asking for identification. I had my driver's license. Yes, this is my home. I'm not looting it. I live here. And then he asked me, you know, do I have any type of protection? a weapon or anything like that, I said, well, no, I don't have anything with me. I said, well, you might want to get something, sir, because there's some reports of carjackings um, and, and muggings around the city for people who are caught in isolated situations such as yourself. So he's driver's license back, be careful, sir, and have a good day. And then, you know, I lived in a cul-de-sac, and it hit me that, you know what, I've been out here all day, haven't seen anybody come by, and yes, I am vulnerable, you know, because there's no police presence in the city. So that was... Here in itself, you know, I'm so focused on what can I, you know, retain from my home, not realizing the danger around me, the possible danger, you know. So, so that was an eye-opening in itself. But, um, but yes, and, and then going back to visit the city years afterwards and see people recover and rebuild and um, 
different businesses closed down, new businesses opened up. Because when I visit sometimes, I remember some establishments once before the storm. When I go back now, I see these different establishments in familiar areas that I once knew, but not it's completely changing. So uh, it's been it's been a, a big change still to this day. There's a lot going on down there that I'm, I'm becoming less and less familiar with my city in a sense because of the constant change going on there. Wow. Now, how how has that driven you going forward, you know, in your profession, just knowing that eerie feeling of knowing what could have happened and what has happened um, mm-hmm. and move forward, you know, how has that driven you in your professional career? Or has it driven well, you at all? Right. It made me realize just how fragile life is, uh, just how things can change in the blink of an eye. You could, do the, you could plan your life to the best of your ability. Hey, I'm going to work for X number of years. I'm retiring this year. I'm receiving my retirement pension and Social Security or what have you. It lives comfortably. I'll be finished paying for my house by this year. All those things change for me. And I have to readjust. I have to not blame myself, of course. And I'm dealing with Mother Nature. You can't blame Mother Nature. But I had to just adjust and look at my options and continue to move forward from there. And one thing I knew what I had to do was I had to establish some type of networking relationships. And what better way to do that, starting off with my very own fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma fraternity, um, I, I was able to meet brothers such as yourself and other brothers. And I have to say that after getting to know you guys, you made me feel like I've been knowing you for like all my life. And that really was that really was comforting to me. Still, to this day, you know, it really allowed me to um, to be a part of something once again in a new community and uh, make connections and move forward. So, yes, that that was that was extremely important to me, and um, it allowed me to uh, continue to move forward and and make make rational decisions. Uh, but also the education community. I met other people about the school systems, um, and some somewhat sharing my story with them. And believe it or not. People told me about the, the flood up there in Albany back in '95, I think it was, and so it, it allowed me to realize that hey, other people have gone through other catastrophic situations and, and can relate to what I was going through. So that that was something that that helped me a lot as well. Oh man, awesome man! Um, I appreciate it. Um, you know, before you close though, you know, just in your line of work, what you do. Um, maybe you can help somebody else just because I know that there are a lot of people that's looking for jobs. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people that, you know, that, that struggle to find out um, what it really is that they want to do. They got this gray area, but I know you mm-hmm. handle a lot of personnel. Um, right. So right. maybe maybe there's some things that people are missing that they just don't mm-hmm. understand that you might be able to share uh, what the type of person you would like to hire or uh, what qualities would make a good you know, maybe help somebody get out that little rut that they possibly in. Right, right. Uh, well, you know, basically, besides just hiring teachers, we have other um, departments that we hire for, be it technology or finance or what have you. I would encourage a lot of people out there to first find out, you know, what interests you, what truly interests you. And don't just look at dollars, okay? Don't go chasing the money all the time. Because whatever you choose as a profession, you want to be happy in it. You want to be wake up every morning and say, I really enjoy going to work, uh, and, and this is really what I want to do. So one of the first things I would say, don't go chasing the dollars. Chase your heart, which your heart truly loves to do. 
Um, the next thing is that people need to understand that everybody can go to college, okay? But once again, specialization is huge nowadays. A person can go to a, a two-year community college and um, maybe pick up a close uh, a major such as uh, radiology or computer coding or what have you. You know, but there are there are a lot of other fields that don't require a four-year degree, but specialization is important. I can tell you right now in the construction business, okay, there's a lack of individuals who can actually do the construction work. You know, hence the hiring of 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 many um, immigrants into this country to just to handle the construction aspect of that particular business. Whereas if we had more of our young people looking into going into construction. The jobs are there, okay? Infrastructures in major cities around this country are in dire need of, of, of upgrades and so forth. So the market is there. It's just a matter of people looking into that and applying themselves, not being afraid of a little manual labor, okay? Um, but once again, specialization um, is, is key nowadays and it's become more and more prevalent as we move into the future. So once again, you know, yes, you want to go to college if you can and, and major in certain areas, but don't don't close the door on specializing in a field that only requires uh, a particular certification to a community college or a technical uh, institution. Awesome, man. Okay, well, man, that's that's the the immediate question that I have. Um, okay. But what I will do though, but like you said, before you go, um, I like to give these little nuggets out, something that may may last and somebody, you know, make a little impression on on somebody's mind. Um, that they can kind of go by for the next, you know, couple of days until we come out with another podcast, of course. Um, okay. Mine this year, I've been pretty consistent. Um, like mm-hmm. this year in 2019, mine has been um, you have to be obsessed with your opportunity. You know, okay. when, when, when it's your turn to get it and you seize the opportunity, you got to be obsessed with it. You, you, can't, right. you can't just kind of want to do it because then that hurricane may show up. You know, that thing may happen in your life, like saying, if, if you don't have that embedded in your heart and you, you're going to lose some people, you might lose a couple of things that you thought was important, but when you're obsessed with, if it's losing weight, if it's getting a job, if it's whatever it may be, you know, right mm-hmm. now, you know, you've got a lot of people that's trying to be uh, entrepreneurs and millionaires, but they're not obsessed with it. So the first roadblock, right. they run away from it. And they right, go back right. and do something else because they, they're not comfortable being uncomfortable. So right. sometimes you just got to be obsessed with the opportunity mm-hmm. that, that you have. So that was my mm-hmm. nugget. Now, you don't have right. to go that deep into it, but right. I know you got <laughs> something in there. I know you got <laughs> Well, all the, the only advice I could give is that in a person's lifetime, many doors will open but not all of them will close. So in other words, be persistent. Even if you don't succeed on the first, second, third, fourth, fifth trial, what have you, uh, many people who are successful in life have gone through many ordeals and have been turned down and turned away. So I guess the main thing I would say is never give up because, you know, not all those will be closed and you got to find that right one to go through. There you go. There you go. Well, man, I really do appreciate you uh, stopping in. Um, you know, sharing the knowledge, and if you feel okay. you got something else brewing back up after we hang up, it usually happens that way, man. You always say, oh, I wish I would have said this. <laughs> man, you are a guest of mine. Anytime you want to come back, man, we'll put you on. Um, okay. If you want to call in a friend and bring somebody with you, I don't mind okay. uh, getting, getting right. multiple people on. Um, that's okay. what we're talking, man. I think you got a story. I'm waiting on the book. You know, I'm I'm trying to promote <laughs> help. You know, the more people right. around me that write books, that's gonna help me write mine. So 
Okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, get the book. And uh, see, you didn't even get to talk about the Morehouse stuff. See, that's a whole other right, chapter right. and some yeah. okay. stories that we right. didn't get into. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we definitely got some stuff, man. But, again, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, okay. And just continue to to share your your messages and and just teaching people how to um have that character that you have. So that that's something okay. that uh, just being a model, man. I think you do an awesome job with that. All right. But anything else before we close? Oh, I just want to thank you for allowing me to be on this podcast, and I think you're doing a wonderful job. It's something that's really needed for you to be. And I hope you continue on with that for as long as possible. I really really enjoyed this, and I think it's very much needed. All right. Hey, that's all we got for you today. Peace. Peace, my brother. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Expect to Win podcast. We would love your feedback to help us grow. You can reach out to us at expecttowin365 at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook at win, win, win. It will pull right up. We're also on Twitter. We appreciate your support. If you got us on podcast, go ahead and share us and like us um, and give us a few stars and let us know how we did. Thank you.